For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. Welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Patrick Allen, Matt Verderam, Sterling Holmes. The gang is back together, although we reunited briefly during the game. Uh, the Chiefs with the most dramatic playoff victory in franchise history. Absolutely incredible. How you boys doing? You still uh, you still riding high from when we last talked? Yeah, I, I mean, how could you not be? I, I watched – the NFL put out a video that was like 31 minutes long where it's just the ending. They didn't even cut out like the in-between of the plays. It was just like, look, here's the entire ending, 31 minutes of the CBS broadcast. And they put it on YouTube, and I watched it like the night of the game. I watched it at like 2 o'clock in the morning. And I woke up the next morning at 7. I had to get my daughter to daycare. And I, I like, panicked. So I was like, oh, my God, did that game actually happen? Is it real? Like, and I, I, I like, grabbed my phone and, and Googled Chiefs Bills score. And I was like, yep, it really happened. Like, I can't believe that was an actual football game. And I kind of still feel that way. Um, although now I'm kind of starting to shift to, like, all right, now the AFC Championship game, and it's time to get ready for that. But, no, this, yeah, I mean, how could you not? How could you not feel that way? Sterling? Oh, baby, I'm still thriving. Let's go. Casey Beer Company, thank you for uh, for Saturday giving me those uh, those bottles because we're just cruising. We're riding that high. We're going to ride all the way to the Bengals game. What more can you say? This is so fun living in the glory days of Kansas City Chiefs football. It's like every day you wake up with a smile on your face being like, oh, hell yeah. What, what crazy comment are we going to get from Patrick today? What is Travis going to say that we're going to find out that's new? Like how the 13 seconds, how he pretty much orchestrated everything. It's so fun. It's like tidbits and tidbits are coming out every single day. And it's so fun. Hall of Fame players making Hall of Fame plays. Uh, yeah. And, and you mentioned our sponsor for this podcast, Casey Beer Co., the Kansas City Beer Company, you guys have been awesome supporting them and supporting us by supporting them, letting them know, showing that, like sending them pictures, you drinking their beer. They're loving it. Sterling and I had the opportunity actually to go down to the beer hall on Saturday uh, together. First time Sterling and I got to meet in person. We got to meet Steve, the owner, Katie, the social media and marketing manager. We had such a blast hanging out with them. They rolled out the, the red carpet for us, which, you know, God bless them. Should have thrown you out. Oh, oh, I'm telling you, Verderam, they put up with us for at least a couple of hours. And then it, they, they gave us some, you know, they, they stocked us up with some Casey beer, of course. And I brought back a little bit because I flew Southwest. So I, I checked up some of my bags, but I let Sterling take the bulk of it. The funny story right before we left. So Steve and Katie took off. Sterling and I hung out a little bit to watch the end of the first playoff game there uh, on Saturday afternoon. And so they stashed our beer like in a back room, right? And it was a lot of beer. I'm talking like a pallet, basically. It was, it was 48 yeah. beers worth, uh, 48 bottles right. of beer. Yeah. <laughs> so, so so after like Sterling's got to go because he's going to hit, you know, drunkenly hit golf balls. And we, we have to go back and get our, our get the beer. We weren't sure exactly where they put it. It was just like somewhere in the back. But like Steve's gone, Katie's gone. So you just got these two knuckleheads there like just we start wandering (laughs) back i'm like we're gonna get arrested like we're like walking back into the office so hey we got some beer and then we're like look like we were robbing the joint (laughs) just walking out with our like literal armfuls of beer it was absolutely hilarious but no we had we had a great time we got a tour of the which they do do tours and you get a tour with the owner steve great guy um he studied in germany 
learning how to do these these beers. They've won awards in Germany for the beer. So can't thank them enough. We had a wonderful time. If you're in Kansas City, if you're going to Kansas City for the playoff game, stop by, say hi to the folks there at the brewery, uh, and let them know that you heard about their beer on the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. It was great. And I'm I'm I just got home. I flew back from Kansas City today, and I'm drinking a Dunkel. So I'm stocked up for the rest of the playoff round. Awesome. Well, good for you guys. I'm I'm jealous, but that's. That's great. I know when uh, when the game ended on Sunday night, we were we were having beers on the podcast and not out of misery. That that's for damn sure. <laughs> Although with 13 yeah. seconds left, I thought there was going to be a lot of sad beers that night. But yeah. as it turned out, a miracle. You know, look, I think look, we're eventually obviously we're going to talk about the game a little bit, and I know we're going to get in a bunch of other things, and and as we should here, as it's time to kind of move forward. But that game. Like I've really, I've really tried to give it a lot of thought over the last couple of days from a historical perspective, because as you guys know, that's I, kind of my, I love that side of things. And that's one of the 10 greatest games I think ever played. Like I really thought about, like just from a quality perspective, quarters one through four, not just a great ending, but like the game itself. Because I think, you know, people will make the mistake of looking at the score at the end of the game going, well, 42-36 was just a wild shootout, which it was for the final two minutes in overtime. But both defenses, I thought, played really well for 58 minutes. It wasn't as though like the defenses were just garbage all game and you know there were a ton of blown coverages. Like even the 75 yard of Gabriel Davis. Look, Thornhill should have had better coverage, but he, it wasn't like he was in awful coverage. Like he was like one step behind him, and it was just a bomb down the field, hit him right in the hands. That game had everything. It had a lot of good defense for a long time in the game. It had an unbelievable back and forth between two great quarterbacks and guys in their prime, even maybe even entering their primes. It was a, it was a wonderful setting at night at Arrowhead. I thought Jim Nance, and this is a weird thing to throw in there. I thought Nance did a spectacular job calling the game. He really rose with the with the moments, um, which of course he's been a part of so many of. But I just thought in that game, like I was really thinking about it. In that game, I believe is going to be not even remembered so much that the Chiefs won. Certainly, well among Chiefs fans, but. Nationally, I think it's going to be remembered is that that Mahomes Allen game where it was just this yeah. wild back and forth, and I think ultimately he's going to be remembered for 13 seconds. And it was it was incredible the 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 legend building for both of these young quarterbacks, right? Yeah. Um, Mahomes obviously is is a lot farther ahead than Allen in this regard. Allen really hasn't won anything yet, but he it looks incredible. He's probably going to get there at some point, right? You you would venture to guess he's got a good shot. So this will eventually be a big part of his lore. But I think for Mahomes, it's just another like, I mean, the guy's got so many accomplishments and feathers in his cap that winning a divisional playoff came on its face. You're like, yeah, I mean, yeah, but he's like Super Bowl MVP. He's been to two Super right. Bowls, all these things, all the heroics. But when we look back on his career, this is going to be one of those moments that, you know, people may not even remember like what, what was the AFC championship. But they're just going to remember the game. Chiefs, Bills, Mahomes, Allen. And I think when you see people like Phil Simms and a lot of these people who have been in the game their whole lives, and we saw them on, on TV, a lot of people, a lot of those types of people saying, one of the best games I've ever seen, the best game I've ever seen. And that's, that's high praise coming from people who have lived their lives in the sport. It's almost like a higher stakes Rams-Chiefs game. Remember the Rams-Chiefs 51 51- 54, 40, whatever. 54 51. Yep. 54 Yeah, whatever that game was. It kind of like that. It was similar and different in that no turnovers this time around, but it was yeah. similar and it didn't necessarily matter who won that game. It came down to that was one of the greatest games that felt like anyone had ever seen. I do want to touch really quickly since everyone's asking. Uh, per a source, the Chiefs are expecting Fenton and Matthew to be able to go on Sunday. That is from Bob Fesco, uh, works over at 610 Radio in Kansas City. But wanted to throw that out there, Verderam. I don't know if you have any other sources. I know everyone, you're, you're the source master over here. <laughs> I, I have not asked about it because there's no, like Matthew's going to have to go through the concussion protocol. So yeah. not, I'm not saying Bob's wrong. Like maybe the Chiefs feel that way, but in the end, he's just going to have to go through the protocol. I have not asked about Fenton. I always, with that kind of stuff, I usually wait till the middle of the week because you're going to find out tomorrow. Like if Fenton practices tomorrow, he's probably playing. You know, like I got... So I don't know, but Bob has been in KC for a long time and knows a lot of people. So we'll see. We shall see. I'll just say briefly too on that that Chiefs Rams game, and I've seen people compare it to that. That game had a million turnovers. That game was a sloppy game. Now it was wildly entertaining, but it was sloppy. Yeah. Some good defensive plays, but yes, but sloppy as hell. Like the yes. Chiefs Bills game, that was football at its best. 
That was two great teams playing as well as you could possibly play. I mean, not only did the quarterbacks not have a turnover, neither one of them even threw a ball that was almost picked off. No. Neither one of them. did. I mean, Mahomes led the league this weekend in rushing. He was the leading rusher of the divisional round. Yeah. And Allen was one yard behind him. It was the craziest game. I mean, to me, that game was the equivalent of two pitchers in baseball in a game seven, and in, 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 let's just say the the the, the, uh, the NLCS, the ALCS, throwing dueling perfect games. I mean, yeah. that's what that was like watching that's that. Great, yeah. I, I've probably watched in my life, I don't know, a couple thousand NFL games, whether it be live or whether it be just me being a nerd and watching one on YouTube <laughs> or something from the 70s. That was collectively between Allen and Mahomes. That was the greatest exhibition of quarterback play I've ever seen. You couldn't be any better than that. Yeah. Arm, yeah. legs, huge plays. I mean, think about it. If you're Josh Allen, you threw and you threw two go-ahead touchdown passes in the final two minutes of regulation, and you lost because the <laughs> yeah. other guy had a 64-yard touchdown after one of them, went two plays, 44 yards, and got a game-tying field goal at the end of the regulation on another, and then went 75 yards where he could touch the ball and went in the end zone. I mean – Mahomes, as Adam Teicher tweeted this out, in the last two minutes of regulation and overtime, Mahomes threw for 188 yards. <laughs> that's, that's impossible. That's, yeah. that's, if you think about what it takes, and he didn't even have the ball the whole time. Right. Like, there was another this, touchdown drive by the other team during that time. I, it was. I've never seen a game like that. And I've seen so many people arguing, like, was Allen better? Was Mahomes better? Guys, I can solve it right. They, they, were, they were equal. They were unbelievable in that game. Neither one of them was better than the other one. Look, Mahomes won, but I got to let's be real. You know, you won because you won the toss. I mean, if, if the Bills had won the toss in overtime, we're all sitting here having a different conversation. I think we all know that. that uh, Shavarius Ward's going to pick six out of nowhere. Come on now. That, you that know better been, than that. Yeah. That would have been nice. <laughs> Shavarius Ward, I give him credit. Yeah, he was great. He, he tried to tackle Allen. He got run over, but he tried. I mean, yeah. he squared him up and he got, he got drilled, but he He's gave it his boy. best shot. But you know He's what? A big boy. That game. That game was just epic. It was epic. You, We will all talk about that. Chiefs fans, Bills fans, NFL fans, 30, 40, 50 years. I mean, that game was incredible. Yeah, I loved your analogy of the pitchers. What I kept thinking in my head in the, in the stadium was, this is like two heavyweight fighters in the 12th round, and they're both gassed, and all they got, they're just, they're just hitting each other with haymakers, just trading shots, blow after blow after blow. It was absolutely incredible. I'll tell you an interesting story. So I, uh, I was in my seats and we were actually next to a box of bills fans a lot of bills fans they had a, a a private suite and you know they were they were great like they were cheering they were i mentioned this on the podcast to you guys when i when i came in from the car right they were cheering they they were they were coordinated you know they were doing their you know let's go buffalo chant and stuff they weren't taunting anything like that and you know after the game just you know the fan of me couldn't help it you know, I did a zoom in on the scoreboard and then I, and then I zoom it over to the Bills fans and they just looked absolutely devastated. And I was like, I was like, this is great. I'm going to tweet it, you know, and you know how it is in the stadium. You don't have a very good signal. So I sent it to tweet and it, it didn't, it didn't go out. Um, and then we're walking out of the stadium and I, you know, I was chatting with those Bills fans. I said, Hey, great job. You know, you guys have a hell of a quarterback. You're going to be around for a long time. It was a great game, fun, fun cheering with you against you. And I shook a couple of their hands on the way out. So I get back to the hotel and I'm watching the Chiefs game again, of course, taped it on Fubo TV and I'm watching the game and watching the fourth quarter. And they're like, let's cut to uh, and that that right there is Josh Allen's dad. And I'm still gawking at the TV screen. And I'm like, oh, my God, that was Josh Allen's dad (laughs) when I was leaving the stadium and I was telling him great quarterback and shaking hands. That was his family and friends right next to us. And I I checked Twitter and the and, you know, the the tweet never sent of like my video. (laughs) Probably for the and, best. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was really glad, you know, because I was just, just, I was just being a, you know, fan, being a troll. But I didn't want to troll, troll the guy's dad. I didn't know that was his dad over there. So, um, but it was just a really cool story, and they were really super gracious, and and but boy, they were devastated. I mean, the, the looks on their faces, and you know, uh, and the way that they cheered probably should have hit me that maybe these people were related because I mean, all fans are passionate, but there was like a little something extra with this group. Um, really cool story. Let's Did they break a table? It. No, they didn't put anybody through a table. <laughs> they didn't pour champagne on anybody. None of that. They just, you know, 
they had their flag and their their chants and and they were really into it. Um, it was uh, it was a great atmosphere. The Bills fans in Kansas City saw a bunch of them, talked to a bunch of them in the stadium. They were all great. They're a lot. They're a lot like us. I know there's been a lot of sparring on Twitter. They're a lot like us, and they're a lot like us a few years ago. Um, and and I'm sure a lot of them felt the same way that we felt when the Chiefs lost that AFC Championship game to the New England Patriots. All right, so let's just kind of hit some of the afterglow. I wanted to ask you guys, what was your favorite or or most memorable play from this game? There are many, right? I I would say probably got to say Travis Kelsey, the last play to get him into field goal position, but that seems too obvious. Dan Sorensen sticking up Josh Allen was a huge play. That's got to be up there. But one that really sticks out and didn't have, it was actually went against Kansas City, was Melvin Ingram throwing that right tackle to the ground like a rag doll with one arm and then chasing after Josh Allen. They didn't get the play done. He didn't finish him off. It's unbelievable. That play just stuck out. He made that right tackle look like a six-year-old kid like, you know, when you hold them back with one arm so you can, like, mess with them, they can't reach you with their arms? That's what that yeah. looked like. By the way, they, they need to resign him pronto at the end of the year. He's been tremendous. Uh, you, know, you know, I thought about it in that moment. When, you know, I, I remember, obviously, that play. He, he had to be, and I haven't gone back and looked at the film out of the time, but he had to have been setting him up for that all game. He had to be, as a vet, sitting there thinking, like, I'm waiting until the, the biggest moment of this game, and I'm going to hit him with everything I've got with that move. And he, you, I used to made him. He Reggie White at him. He took him clean off his feet. Like, just couldn't bring him down. Luckily, it didn't cost yeah. the Chiefs in the, in the end. Yeah. No, look, dude, you said the play I was going to say. The last play regulation before they kicked the field goal. Like, and I don't know if, either, if anybody's had the chance. I'm sure a lot of you have. And if the NFL on their Twitter account put out the audio of Kelsey during those final seconds. Yeah, yeah. It is like, it is chills inducing. Where Kelsey's talking to Hill about how to run his route so he, he can block for him. And then Kelsey's talking to Mahomes about, hey, look, man, the seam's open on this play. And you can hear Mahomes yelling at him, you know, do it, do it, do it. And then, of course, he gets it for 25 yards and they're in range. And you know what? Like, I don't know. There's something about that. Like, yeah, they're really talented, right? Like, that's always the refrain with the Chiefs. They're so talented. They're so talented. They're just – and, yeah, they are. Like, Yeah, of course they are, right? I mean, Kelsey's an, an incredible talent. Mahomes is another worldly talent. The Hill is a generational talent. But how many guys, how many teams in that moment would have the intellect and, frankly, the balls to go, <laughs> hey, look, I know we've never done this. Our season's on the line. We've got to have it. Like, I'm going to run a freelance route because I know what I'm looking at. And you've got a quarterback with enough guts to just go, yeah, you know what, man? Do it. Like, <laughs> and I'll hit you. Yeah. And not only did he hit him, he hit him perfectly. Like, yeah. and if you look at that play, Mahomes gets drilled as he lets that ball go. Like, drilled. And he held it, and he, he quick hitches, and then he just throws it. And it's like, People can talk, yeah, man, yeah, they're really talented. Sure, absolutely. But that's why they're a championship team. Like, that's that moment. Like, to have the awareness and the guts to do that in that spot where you haven't practiced that. Like, if you're off a half a beat, if Kelsey widens a touch more than Mahomes thinks she's going to, right? Like, or if he's wrong, then you're screwed. That's your season. That is the end of your season. And yet he had the guts to just be like, I don't care. I've been in the league for a decade. I know exactly what they're doing. And their 26-year-old quarterback was like, that's fine. Run it. And I'm going to gun <laughs> yeah. this thing in there. And by the way, and, and Dan Olosky pointed this out. I thought it was interesting. After what we saw with the Cowboys in the wild card round, they had no idea how to, how to manage the clock. The second Kelsey goes down, if you look at the play, Wiley and Humphrey are sprinting up behind them, looking for an official, screaming and signaling timeout, timeout, timeout. Yeah. Like, that's coaching. That's being aware. That is knowing everything that's going on around you. It's being completely in the moment, but not overwhelmed yeah. by it. Yeah. Kelsey was calling timeout too. As yeah. he was like, I mean, he was down timeout. Mahomes was calling timeout. Like there, if there was a ref anywhere in the stadium, they were, someone was going to see the timeout signal. It was, uh, I, I agree, brilliant. man. It, yeah. For me, it was the, it was the, it was the big pass play to Tyreek Hill. You know, the, the, the big 60 yard catch and run. Because, you know, they just weren't giving them anything deep, weren't giving them anything deep. And Mahomes had to put that ball right on the money so that Tyreek didn't have to break stride at all. That's what made that play possible. Tyreek, you know, said it himself after the game. It was the ball placement on that that allowed him to just keep going at speed. And it just didn't matter. No, but they weren't catching him once, once he got going. 
Um, that was an absolutely incredible. Somebody said this to me too, which I thought was really interesting. They liken this game to a little bit like an NBA game and specifically that, that 2016 series between the Cavs and the Golden State Warriors where you had like Kyrie Irving and, mm. and the Splash Brothers and LeBron. And it was just like offensive marvel. Like the, every game was just absolutely incredible. Um, and it felt a little bit like that too, where it was just like nobody could stop anybody and they're just making amazing jaw-dropping plays. That's a really good comparison. That's a phenomenal comp. I do want to give a shout out. An underrated play was that third and fourth. Someone mentioned it on the chat to McKinnon when Mahomes got out of about seven tackles, flipped it kind of side-armed, and it, they barely picked up that first down. Was that the first drive? First second drive? drive? The first, first drive of the game. Of the game. But yeah, for, and that was massive because that sets the tone. If they have to punt in that situation, you're giving the ball back to the Bills – that that was, I think, one of the most underrated plays of the game. Thank you for whoever brought that up on the chat. But, yeah, that third and four to McKinnon was massive. I don't know. Like, if you watch that game, and, and um, it's been pointed out by a variety of people on Twitter, but, you know, they, the Chiefs never threw a ball more than 20 yards in the air, like ever, at any point in the game. The Bills played those safeties high, as everybody's been doing to them, and they've been daring them. And early in the year, the Chiefs wouldn't take it. And in the biggest game of the year, Mahomes was like, fine. You want to do that? Fine. And they just picked and picked and picked and picked and picked. And then Hill breaks loose late when the defense is tired. And I mean, it, I, I got to tell you, like, that's, that's got to be, like, if you're, if you're Cincinnati watching that, you've got to be like, holy shit, man. Like, if they're going to do that, like, if, th- there's just no answer to that. At some point, it just becomes, well, if they're going to just take all that stuff and get eight yards and get 12 yards and get seven yards and get nine, I mean, you're screwed. There's no defending them if you do that. And it was just so flawlessly executed. Everything about it, I don't think they had to drop the whole game. I don't need to drop one pass. Think about how tight that game was, right? They had no margin for error. And think about how perfect they were. If they make any mistake, a drop on third down, one bad throw, the only big mistake they made was McKinnon fumbled and Wiley fell on it, right? Like, And both teams had one fumble that they recovered because Allen fumbled and the ball actually hit Clark in the gut, but he didn't have enough time to react and Allen recovered it. Yeah. But I mean, and the same's true to be fair for Buffalo. I think by Knox had one drop. That was it. Like, those teams were perfect. I think that's, if you're the Bills, and I know like this Chiefs podcast, I'm not going to get too into it for the Bills, but that had to be the toughest part of that game is you had to get on that plane going, man, we played perfect. Like we did everything perfect and we still lost. I mean, yes, that 13 seconds obviously was not perfect. That That's the thing that haunts you. But you didn't turn the ball over. You didn't have a lot of penalties. Offensively, you executed at, at an unbelievable clip the entire game. Defensively, for the most part, you did execute against the Chiefs. You got pressure. You covered well, and none of it mattered. Like in the end, yeah. for 13 seconds, for 13 seconds, you you did not execute the way you needed to. Boom, game. That's it. You never saw the ball again. And it's it's a testament to Kansas City and just how hard they are to beat. And and when you think about it as well, the Chiefs, they played perfectly on offense for the most part, but they didn't play their best game because, you know, Harrison Bucker – God right, bless him. He made kicks. the kick when it mattered. Yep. Missed two kicks. If they had four points, that's a whole. They probably win that game. It doesn't go to overtime. You know, it's not quite as dramatic as it was. Um, so, uh, and and the Bills still couldn't overcome it. It's just uh, like you said, a testament to the Chiefs. Um, by the way, real quick, just a crazy stat I came across. Uh, Chiefs outsider on uh, Twitter put this out to give him credit. Travis Kelsey needs 246 more receiving yards to pass Julian Edelman. For second all time in postseason yardage for a receiver, <laughs> that's wow. that's impossible. How many how many damn games was Edelman in? Thirty, right? I mean, that's got to be. He's, he also adds he needs five more touchdowns to pass Gronk for second all time in postseason TD receptions. I mean, yeah. and and has one more touchdown pass in the playoffs than Herbert. Um, that I'm just that that part's on me. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, yeah. But that is that is impossible. Like, yeah. I mean, Grant, there's been a lot of games lately, but I mean, Edelman was in the playoffs every year for a decade. We had two games, three games, all that stuff. And he's a tight end. He's a tight end. It's like it, it has been a joy to watch them. And now they have a game where yeah, they go in, they play Cincinnati. And if they win it, they go to the third straight Super Bowl. And it's just like they just they they find ways, man. They really do. And we're going to get into Cincinnati on Thursday, dive into that game. But the Chiefs did yep. open as touchdown favorites in this game. I just wanted to get y'all's reaction to that real quick before we move on. Are you surprised that the Chiefs are such big favorites after after losing to Kansas uh, losing to Cincinnati, albeit in a poorly officiated game on the last play on the road? Uh, but are you surprised that they're they're down, they're giving seven points? No. 
I mean, it's the AFC Championship game, so that aspect you're thinking, oh, yeah, that seems asinine. A whole touchdown, seven points. But then you see how the Chiefs just played against the Bills. You've seen how Cincinnati has played in the playoffs. They've played okay. But Kansas City just is so much more talented. They're on just another level. And if Mahomes plays like this, they took the best shot, from my opinion, the second-best team in the Bills, and they're able to hold on. And I mean, it's, it's silly, but they won by six, right? I, I I think they might have it right here. Well, if you go back and I just I just checked really quickly, the line was seven for the AFC Championship game when they played the Titans two years ago. So it's the same line. I thought it was. I'm not surprised. Look, I, I if you've listened to me all year, I think the Bengals are a good football team. I really do. I think Burrow is legit. Um, he doesn't maybe have the physical tools that Herbert does or Mahomes does around, does be smart as hell. And he's just got that quality about him, man. That guy, he's tough. He hangs in there. And that, that swagger he has is a real thing. It's not just a persona. They've got great weapons. And I like Zach Taylor a lot. But I think the line's fair because they now have to go to Arrowhead in the AFC title game. The Chiefs, I mean, let's face it. The Chiefs play AFC title games now like it's week nine. I mean, they, they play yeah. them all the time. They've been in this spot a million times over. The Bengals have it. And while I respect that the Bengals have gotten here, they beat a Raiders team that was basically, the, like I don't want to say the equivalent of the Steelers, but a team that was underwhelming for a playoff team. And then beat the Titans, which I give them a lot of credit for. But again, I mean, anyone who watched that game, I think would say, look, that game wasn't exactly a masterpiece on either side. Can Cincinnati win this weekend? Yes, but they're, they're going to have to play perfect. I mean, they're going to have to play a perfect game, and they're going to need the Chiefs to make some mistakes because the Bills are better than the Bengals, and they just about played perfect, and they still lost. So I think it's about right. I mean, if the game was in Cincinnati or something, then I'd say, all right, maybe the Chiefs are favored by two or two and a half. But I, I think the Chiefs deserve to be the favorites that they are. But they better get ready for the Bengals because if they don't, we saw what happened the last time they played the Bengals where they gave up a million yards and about 750,000 in Jamar Chase. Yeah, and it wasn't like it wasn't like there was nothing on the line in that game for the Chiefs. They were trying to hold on to that number one seed. They were trying yeah, to hold on to the absolutely. bye. So, look, if they – yeah, you know, but but they've got a good shot in this one. And I'm glad the Chiefs got to play the Bengals in the, in the regular season. I'm glad they got to see a team that they're not particularly familiar with, win or lose, coming into this game. I like the Chiefs coaching staff, very, very veteran coaching staff, to be able to go back and scout that game and, and come up with some things and find out where the, where the pitfalls were for that team, um, which, of course, some of them are quite obvious. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you guys, now that the we're, we're heading into the, the reaction phase, right? It's, you know, a couple of days, Monday, Tuesday, we're talking about the, the Chiefs bills and, and so are the national media and all the pundits and those folks. And soon they'll start transitioning to, you know, their bad takes for the AFC championship game. But I want to talk about the bad takes coming out of this game because there just always are some. So I wanted to, I talked with Verderam a little bit for the podcast. I wanted to, to get each of your opinions and, and also you all in the chat. So Sterling, we wanted to power rank the dumbest Chiefs takes of the week. So I've got three of them here. Mm. And I want, I want, I want you to power rank them for me. Dumb take number one. I'm not going to attribute these to anybody. Some of them are coming from multiple people. Dumb take number one. Tyree Kill should have been flagged for taunting. Dumb take number two. The Bills were better, but lost because of a coin. And dumb take number three. Josh Allen was the best player on the field. So I'll recap those for everybody real quick. Tyree Kill should have been flagged for taunting. The Bills were better, but lost because of a coin. And Josh Allen was the best player on the field. Why don't you power rank those for me in nope. order? The one that is the dumbest. Well, the one that pisses me off the most has got to be Tyreek Hill should have been flagged. That's so stupid. How soft are you? In a Charmin Ultra game, Soft, apparently. Charmin Ultra Soft. You seriously want 15 yards? You want you want the refs to go? Excuse me. Uh, please don't throw up a peace sign. Are you like what? The Who man's advocating that? for peace. Yeah, yeah. like he yeah, wants peace he, and love. He seriously, he's out here trying to spread the love and. <laughs> opposing teams want to spread yellow flags on the, on the ground. We don't want that. That's littering. So that, that pisses me off. Um, Josh Allen being the best player on the, on, on the field. Josh Allen was incredible, right? Josh Allen was fantastic, but he wasn't better than Mahomes. If you want to say he, he was close to Mahomes, if you want to say they were equal, I could try and listen to it, but saying he was better to me, it's just blasphemous. Who who got it done at the very end of the game with 13 seconds? Do you think Josh Allen is going to get the Bills into field goal position with 13 seconds? Josh Allen was also going up against a secondary 
without Tyron Matthew, and that showed to be a huge difference maker. Guys were not in the right spots all night, no Rashad Fittenton, while Mahomes was going up against the number one ranked defense. That's got to count for something, right? Absolutely. So, I, I would just put him – I'd put him straight up just in the order you gave him. I think the dumb right. mistake is the whole thing. Like, just stop, man. Like, can you imagine through that flag? My God. Like, that would be – and that was the other way around. And, like, I don't know, Gabriel Davis, since he caught every pass known to man on Sunday night, like, if he had taunted the Chiefs, like, it's it's a massive game. It's the biggest game any Bills players ever played. And I know the A's started game last year. But let's face it, this year, in some ways, because of how good both teams were, it was at least as big. Like, come, come on. I mean, you want the game to be decided because Tyreek Hill threw up a peace sign? It's not like he right. did some profane thing to the guy. Like, it doesn't matter. I, I don't care. And, and I, I'm not even one of these people who hates all the taunting. Well, if they want to throw a flag, like that, to me, that's not even – that doesn't rise to the level of we've, we've got to get a flag out there. So that's number one. Number two, the coin thing, like the, the Bills are not better. They were they were both great in the game. I've said this for like both of these teams were equally great, which is why they went to overtime. Now, if you want to say the rule sucks, fine. I'm here for changing the rule. But you know what? Where was that energy three years ago when the Chiefs lost to freaking New England again? And nobody, the Chiefs tried to change the rule. And the whole league was like, nope, fuck you. We don't care. That's the way it goes. Well, guess what? Then that's the way it goes three years later, too. Now, I, I think they should change it. I don't like that mm-hmm. rule. I don't know what I think would be the perfect answer, to be fair. I'd like to hear a bunch of suggestions. But I, I am, I'm tired of that. Like, just stop. You know what? I, will, I also do believe, and I said this three years ago, so I'll, I'll be consistent. The Chiefs could have stopped them. They had three third downs, and they did nothing to get off the field. Well, they get paid, the defense gets paid, too. And Buffalo could have stopped them, and they never did. Like, the Chiefs would have driven 150 yards on that drive if they had to. They were going to score. That's the way it is. And you know what? If Allen had gotten the ball, do I think they would have gone down and scored a touchdown? Yes. But maybe they wouldn't have. Maybe they wouldn't have. Maybe maybe Chris Jones would have sacked Allen and it would have been a punt. You don't know. You don't, So I, I I hate this narrative that, like, well, if the Bills had gotten the ball, they definitely would have scored. You don't know that. What if the ball, right. ball gets tipped up in the air and picked off? So that's what we're doing. And then quickly, Allen was spectacular. I'm not going to take anything away from him, but my God, just stop. Like, they were both spectacular in this game. They they were perfect on both sides of quarterback. So I I don't want to hear this like, well, Allen was better and he just, you know, he got right. No, he, no, he wasn't. They were both incredible. I think it's just more that it was not, I don't want to say not expected of Allen, but like he's more inconsistent. So it was like, well, can he do it? Like, you know, Mahomes can do it. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been an MVP. He's been, he's had a Super Bowl MVP. He's been to two of them. Like he's beaten Allen in the playoffs. So I think with Allen, it was just like, oh my God, like look at, like look how great he is. And he deserves every bit of that. But let's not take away from the fact that Mahomes was, br- oh, Mike, we talked about plays earlier. That throw that he threw sidearm to Hill, like almost submarine, that's one of the most ridiculous throws I've ever seen. He right. dropped down to like three quarter and just <laughs> drilled the ball into him. I, that, I mean, that's that's the kind of a throw you've literally never seen anybody else make ever. No. Nobody else has ever made that throw in the NFL. That is impossible. He dropped 15 yards on a rope, like I don't know, three feet off the ground. <laughs> the, the movie Wanted. You know when they bend the bullet, Mahomes did it with a football. That's what it was. Yeah, insane Matrix stuff. Um, yeah, I, I love it. And and the, the talk about Allen and everyone, look, he's the shiny new toy. And a couple of years ago, Mahomes was the shiny new toy. And I'm sure Brady was, and people who like Brady were sitting there being like, this guy, Brady beat this guy. And all they want to talk about is how incredible he is. It's exciting. It's exciting to see David take on Goliath. And now Mahomes is, is, is Goliath, right? And he's the one that's going to be hard to take down. And everybody else is gunning for him. And so when you see somebody try and give it their all and come up short, the fact that they're talking about all of these other guys and them trying to get by Mahomes and comparing them to Mahomes, that's a compliment to Mahomes. And that's something I think we all need to remember is we love to defend number 15, but that's that's what happens when you become great, when you become the standard in a sport like a Michael Jordan, like a Tom Brady, like a Patrick Mahomes is becoming. You're what everybody gets compared to. Look, you can't, you can't, as a Chiefs fan, not understand why some of the narratives are the, the way they are. Now, I do think some of this stuff's bullshit and should be called out as such. Like, and I'll, I'll flat like Marcellus Wiley had, had a commentary on his show. That I, I was like, bro, just stop. Brutal. Like, no serious person believes what you're saying. Not nobody, including you, believes this stuff, right? Like, and I, I have no axe around Marcellus Wiley. I don't watch the show. I don't, I don't know him at all. I've never met him. I've never had an interaction with him. But I, I, I'm just, it's an example. You know, we always talk about Skip Bayless, right? So, like, let's spread the love around. 
like Skip Bayless also has takes. And look, we're all wrong sometimes. I'm wrong all the time. I'm not. I'm not immune to having a bad take or a dumb take. We all have, and we talk and we have opinions for a living. Hell, I went one and three picking games this weekend. Picked the right one, the end, but was one and three. But you have to understand if you're in the media, like like you're not you're not going to be an exciting show if you sit there and just go, man, the Chiefs are great. Nobody's going to beat them. No, like you have to look at okay, well, who can beat them? And then kind of find out, like, well, why can they beat them? And I, we talked about it last week. I thought it was crazy the amount of people who are like, the Bills are just better than them. They're better than them. Like, I, I thought that was over the top. But the Bills are a worthy adversary. They showed that on Sunday night. And you're going to hear people pick the Bengals to win this game. You're going to hear people talk about the rise of Joe Burrow and all that. And you know what? It's because you're building drama and you're building a narrative. And some of it's true and some of it's not. And you have to parse it as a fan and as a listener and as a watcher. And, you know, like we always try to give you the most unbiased, unvarnished, or, un, you know, just, just clear to the point takes. And a lot of times it's pro Chiefs because they're great. They win all the time. It's easy to be pro Chiefs when they're kicking everybody's ass, right? Let's be, let's be yeah. real. We also ripped the crap out of them when they were three and four and looked like garbage. So yep. you got to be real. But I think from a national perspective, you can't have, you know, Good Morning Football, which I think is a great show, right? You can't go on Good Morning Football for two hours and just wax poetic about how, how unstoppable the Chiefs are. Who the hell would watch it? Right. So, there is some of that. Now, you know, that said, most times in the end, people are like, yeah, but you know, you're going to have to play perfect to beat the Chiefs. And they're right. Like most teams have to play perfect to beat them. It's not sexy picking the Chiefs. That's no. what it is. Yeah, it's not right. sexy. Everyone not. wants to be the smart guy that picks against them. And then when they're right, they like to puff their chest out saying, oh, yeah. But how many times do they get it wrong before? They're one in nine, right? You're picking the Bengals, you're picking the Titans, you're picking all this stuff. And eventually you get one right, and then you puff your chest out. But no one ever likes to bring up when they were wrong those nine other times. And that's the issue. Sometimes you do have to hold folks accountable. Yeah. Has anybody checked on our boy, Ryan Clark? I believe his last hot take was, the Chiefs aren't that good. Not that good, <laughs> huh? Well, you might want to reevaluate that one, big boy. All right, let's talk um, a little bit about the playoffs sort of in general. I wanted to hit uh, on that Bengals-Titans game just real quick because, as you may recall – Two of us in this in this little podcast were adamant that the Bengals were going to win, and one of us was not. So That's if true. we're talking about if we're talking about falling down and not having the right 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 pick, Verderam, how were you surprised that the Bengals took that one? Because what you said, I want to I want to give you some credit real quick before you go. When you made your prediction, your big point was Tennessee has an incredible front, and what did Tennessee's front do? They sacked Joe Burrow nine times. They were good, and they still they still lost. So, still you know, lost I, not, not acting like you're putting out clown show um, analysis here. So I'm gonna get that in a real second. Um, so somebody asked me in the back, like, what is in the background? Like arcade games. I got uh, NBA Jam and uh, Space Invaders because who, who doesn't need that in their office? And then uh, Nate asked me oh, way earlier. Yes, I will be at Mobile. I will be down there. That's the plan. I'm flying out on Monday. And my guy Ray is uh, who always holds me accountable, which somebody has to, and I appreciate it. I swear to God, it's probably a family member. Verderam always talks like his mouth is full. I wish it was. It's marbles. Um, because I got to tell you, I'm pretty hungry right now. I, I could I go for Count Chocula. I'd go maybe for some frozen yogurt. That's neither here nor there. Although, hey, I do. I, I appreciate the constant need for accountability. God it's the knows Boston it, accent. It's, it's, it's a, it's oh, a tragic God. situation. He's going to start swearing at you again. I know. I, being, call me all kinds of things. That, that is hurtful. Um, all right, so look. Yeah, I, I picked the Titans because I thought their defensive line would win the game. They had nine sacks. But I was still wrong. Dope that I am. I thought nine sacks would do it. First of all, I didn't think they even get. I thought maybe get four, get nine, but it didn't matter because Ryan Tannehill threw three picks, and uh, one of which in the last twenty seconds, it was just really something special. Like that's one of those moments. You know, like if you're watching that game, you're like the only thing he can't do here is throw a pick. The only thing. If he throws an incompletion, throws it out of bounds, takes a sack, whatever, doesn't matter. Like, you're going overtime. And he wails the ball on a triple coverage, and the ball gets tipped up and picked off. <laughs> like, what are you doing? How could you? You're a veteran. I get a young kid maybe doing that. Like, if Burrow had done that, right? Like, young guy trying to make a play. I understand that. Tannehill wails the ball into triple coverage, into triple coverage, and gets picked. But I, I want to say, though, I give Burrow and the Bengals a lot of credit in this regard. You get sacked nine times. You, you probably, if you're Burrow especially, you start getting rid of the ball quick, right? You don't want to get hit anymore. You, you probably make a mistake or two. He did throw one pick, but it really wasn't his fault. P. Ryan basically tipped it up and dropped it. Burrow just kept 
kept going, kept firing, stayed in there, hung in there. And their defense played well enough to win. Henry, to me, didn't look like he was quite back. He kind of looked like he didn't have burst. But give the Bengals credit. I also, and then I'll I'll see the floor. Vrabel has gotten the biggest pass of anybody this weekend in any of the four games. He was brutal. And I like Mike Vrabel. I think he's a good coach on the whole. He was brutal in that game at the end. They got the ball back, tie game with 248 to go, ran the ball once, took it to the two-minute warning, came out, threw the ball across the middle, first down. I think they got up to about the 35, 37-yard line. They took 38 seconds to snap the football. Then they ran it for no gain. They took another 30 seconds. Like, either go for it or don't. And by the way, if you're not going to go for it with 248 to go in a tie game in the playoffs, then you need to just get rid of your quarterback because – there is, there is no way you have any faith you can win a game. So that is the last time I will be picking the Titans against anyone who can play football. I thought the defense would be enough. They were not. Credit to the Bengals. And I'll tell you right now, you better hope the Bengals aren't kicking a last-second field goal to win it this weekend. Because that kid, McPherson, that Stones. kid. Man, yeah, that kid, does. I don't know if you guys saw the story where he went up the burrow before he went out there and kicked it and was like, hope you're ready to go to the AFC Championship game. And it just yeah. drills a 52-yarder. That kid can kick. He's a confident uh, kid. Sterling, you got some gloating to do? No, uh, I'll, I'll be nice because Werner Ram was correct in the assessment of the Titans getting after Joe Burrow. We, we kind of all agreed on that, but I'll give him his flowers here. But I don't trust Ryan Tannehill. It's a Tana thrill. You have no idea if it's going to be a good ride, if it's going to be a bad ride, if you're going to throw up, if you're going to be excited. It was a little bit of everything with mostly throwing up. Yeah, Yeah. 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 That's the ride. I trusted the better quarterback, and the better quarterback was Joe Burrow. All right. What about the other games over in the other conference? We haven't talked about the NFC very much on this podcast to this point because it hasn't really been relevant, right? I mean, we've talked about the AFC throughout the playoffs, um, but now it is the NFC is starting to become relevant because the Chiefs are one game away from the Super Bowl. Were you surprised that both the Packers and Tampa Bay lost this weekend? Sterling, floor is yours, sir. Go ahead. Uh, I'll start with Tampa. No, I had the Rams beating the, the Bucks. I had the Rams in the Super Bowl preseason, actually. Uh, then they got OBJ, and I go, oh, hell yeah, this is feeling even better. What it comes down to, the Rams were a much healthier team. It took Two Cam Akers fumbles, including one on the one-yard line. It took a Cooper Cup fumble, which has been incredible all season long. And it took a pissing-down-your-leg scenario for the Buccaneers to get back in this game. And they still couldn't win. Boy, boy did the Rams try to give that game away. I mean, they they tried hard to give that game away. But Matt Stafford came up and was huge. This was the best-case scenario to an extent for the Rams was Matt Stafford stepping up when it mattered most, that big throw to Cooper Cup. His entire game was phenomenal. It kind of is getting lost in the shuffle of how good he was because of the Allen Mahomes show. It's getting lost because Brady and the Buccaneers came roaring back. But it was nothing he did. It was all three fumbles. It was uh, some some poor decisions late from defensive from Sean McVay running the football because when you have twenty three carries for forty six yards and a fumble by the way you just got to keep feeding that guy. But Matt Stafford stepped up and I'm excited. I mean, I guess I have to say I'm surprised because I picked both of them to lose. Although I was really the, the game that was hardest for me to pick was the Rams and the Bucks because I thought the Rams were the better team, but I couldn't square picking Stafford over Brady in a playoff game. So sure. I just kind of went with my gut on that and said, you know, Brady will just find a way. And I'm watching the game and it's 27 to three. And I'm like, wow. I mean, the Rams are just putting it on him. And we were actually, Sterling and I were doing the podcast toward the end of the game. And I'm sitting there looking at the television on mute. And every time I look up, the Bucks are running around celebrating and the Rams just fumble the ball again. Um, but I'm not, I'm not surprised really in that game. I thought that was the biggest toss up of the weekend. And obviously, all, all four games ended up essentially being toss ups. I was shocked the Packers lost. I, I was shocked they lost. Not because I don't think the Niners are a quality team, but. That's a game that if you're the Packers, like you have to win that game. I mean, the Niners are all banged up. You're getting them off of a road game. They go back to the West Coast, and they come back out to the Midwest. You've been sitting at home now for essentially three weeks. You had the bye, the whole nine yards, right? You're healthy. As, you know, you're, or at least you're, you're healthier anyway. I shouldn't say healthy as can be. They didn't have Bakhtiari in the game. They're very healthy um, for the first time forever after most of the year being without a lot of their defensive stars. And you give up six points offensively and lose at home? And like that, their special teams has been an atrocity all year. If you followed the Packers, that they have been awful all year. I mean, one of the worst special teams units ever, and it cost them the game. But I'll say this: I do think that Rodgers deserves to be the MVP. I really do. Like I thought he had a great regular season. I think he earned that back-to-back MVP award. 
He was awful in that game. You've got to do something, man. Like, I'm sorry. There's no way Josh Allen's going down like that. There's no way. Not not say they wouldn't even have lost, but like he didn't even really try to, to press the issue. Nothing. It was just he had 27 targets in the game. 21 of them were to Aaron Jones or Devontae Adams. The only guy who had the only other guy who had more than one was Dominique Daphne, their third string tight end. I mean, come on, man. You can't throw a dart in there to Alan Lazard. You can't right. throw it to St. Brown or to Cobb, who you begged to have on the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. I mean, Mahomes is out here with Pringle and with Hardman. Big plays, touchdowns. Gabriel Davis looked like Jerry Rice. I mean, the Chiefs took Diggs out of the game for a huge stretch. Hill and Kelsey were bracketed and doubled, and Mahomes found ways to move the ball. And you're playing a beat-up Niners team, and you can't you can't do anything. So yeah. I was surprised they lost our, our resident Niners fan, Hunter Armour, jumping in. Uh, 49ers never lose to Rodgers in the plus. That is true, 4-0 now. Um, and I know, of course, Hunter was at the game. I, I, I congratulate him for that. But I was surprised. I was. The Niners are all beat up, and you, you lose that game. But credit the Niners. They played their asses off. They found a way to win. And in the playoffs, that's it, man. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Speaking of the 49ers never losing to the Packers in the playoffs, another team the 49ers rarely lose to is the Los Angeles Rams. I believe I believe they've beaten them five times in a row. Six. Six. Wow. Six, Six times. times in a row. And, of course, they swept them this season. So, look, I mean, offensively, if you're looking at these teams, you're seeing a lot more talent on the offensive side of the ball for the Rams. As we go into this game, and I know the Chiefs have to play another game. I know they have to earn their way to the Super Bowl. But we're not in the locker room. We don't have to play this weekend. So we can we can talk about this. If the Chiefs make it, who would you rather play? And it could be for whatever reason. It could be for you think it's the best advantage for the Chiefs. You think it's going to be the best game. However you want to approach it, who do you want in the play in the Super Bowl if the Chiefs make it? Do you want the Rams or do you want Chiefs Niners part two? Rams, baby. Wow. That's more fun. That's going to be way more fun than the 49ers. The 49ers have a way of making things extremely ugly. I It could either be a blowout that Kansas City beats the Niners 42-10, to 10, or it could be an extremely ugly game, and I just don't like that. It seems more fun to have the Rams, all the talent they have offensively. I, I'm going for the good game scenario because I think Kansas City's better than every other team left in the playoffs. So that's the obvious, obvious caveat. But L.A., in L.A., they get the redemption of beating the home team in the Super Bowl again after the Buccaneers in Tampa, the Rams in L.A., a little bit of poetic justice. You know, I, I will say this to Sterling's point as I'm still kind of baiting this in my head. I think if the, if the Rams get there, and obviously they would be hosting the Super Bowl. How much you want to bet that place feels like Arrowhead in the Super Bowl if the Chiefs get there? It won't even matter that it's in L.A. It won't. But the Chiefs will pack that place. How? I mean, have you seen this week all the talk out of the Rams camp about how they're not selling tickets outside of a 100-mile radius of L.A. because they know yeah. it's going to sound like candlestick? I mean, how embarrassing is that? And by the way, that place is still going to sound like candlestick. Okay? <laughs> yep. And if the Chiefs get to the Super Bowl, the Chiefs fans, they travel, man. Like when I was a kid, I feel like that wasn't really a thing. Maybe I just don't remember it as much. And maybe it's just because they weren't nearly as good, obviously. The last couple of years with the Chiefs, like I was stunned. And again, I get it. Denver wasn't playing for anything. That was like a home game for the Chiefs in Denver at the end of the season. Like there are just Chief fans everywhere. Obviously, they pack it out for the Chargers. When they played the Raiders in the middle of the year in Vegas, they're Chief fans everywhere. So I don't even know that it's going to matter if the Rams get to the Super Bowl in terms of the crowd. I, I still think the Chiefs – when I covered the Chiefs-Niners game, I remember going around the the walk and, and just counting the amount of fans in jerseys and trying to just get a head count. It was probably 3-1 to one, Kansas City. Like, it was just packed with Chiefs fans. The roar when they came out, it felt like you were at a home game. That said, I think the easier game is the Niners only because I just think Garoppolo is pretty legitimately hurt, and he just can't throw the ball. You watch that game against the Packers. He cannot drive the football. Just can't do anything. Can't throw outside the numbers. You know, it's just I just feel like in that game, the Chiefs would be able to kind of shrink the field defensively because they'd go, all right, he just can't drive the ball at all. But they're they're dangerous in their own right, man, because they're a physical team. They've got they've got a good front seven. They've got good safeties. The Rams scare me more because I just think the Rams that pass rush scares the hell out of me. That is the kind of thing that can beat the Chiefs. May not, it may not, but like Miller's having a really, really big resurgence right now. Donald's incredible. Floyd is not those two guys, but he's a good player. And Ramsey's great. The only thing is if the Chiefs could block them, I think the Chiefs would light them up. 
if the Chiefs could block him, I think the Chiefs would just go away from Ramsey. And sometimes, if it's a, if it's a true one-on-one with Hill, I don't even think the Chiefs would go away from him. I think the Chiefs would throw right at him. I don't think they care. The Rams would scare me, though. I, I, I'll also say, though, I could also see a game where Stafford throws, like, three picks, and it's a murder scene. The, but the Rams scare me more. I think I think that would be a little bit of a tougher game. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. Give me the 49ers all day every day and twice on Super Bowl Sunday. I have a ton of respect for the 49ers. I think Kyle Shanahan's one of yep. the best coaches in the NFL. They don't have a franchise quarterback in Jimmy G, especially right now the way he's playing, but he always Shanahan always finds a way to manufacture points. Um and that's I think a mark of a really good coach. He's creative. He uses use check, you know, he all kinds of different ways he's going to find a way to move the football. But Looking at the way the Chiefs defense has been playing, their struggles sometimes in the secondary with explosive plays, I don't want to see the Rams. It's not that I don't think the Chiefs could beat the Rams, and it's not that I don't think it would be a better, more exciting football game. I do. The 49ers will make it ugly, right? It'll probably be a lower-scoring game, and they'll make it a slog. But the 49ers just aren't a sudden football team. They're probably not going to hit for very very many big plays. Of course, Debo is a monster, and you've got to watch out for him. So, you know, in that scenario, I want the 49ers because I just don't see any scenario where what happened against Tampa Bay happens against the 49ers because I just, the, the 49ers, I don't think they can blow the Chiefs out. This might come back to haunt me, but I don't think they could blow the Chiefs out. I think if you play the 49ers, even if they're really getting after you like they did the first time these teams met in the Super Bowl, it's still going to be a close game. And if it's a close game, if it's within one score, the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes and the other guys don't. Well, so... That give me the give me the Niners. Let me also say too. I I agree with Sterling. I think the Chiefs are the best team left. I do. I, I think the Rams are really good and they're dangerous. But I, I like would I pick the Chiefs to win the game as long as they come out healthy and they win this weekend? Yeah, I would because I'd like to think that Andy Reid after the after last year and the way that went was just saying, look, we have to just make sure we protect Mahomes, and if we do, we're in pretty good shape. The one thing with the Rams that's interesting is like they're just so bizarre, man. They have games where you watch them and you're like, what is that? I mean, and then they have other games where they look great. You know, that Tampa game is kind of a microcosm of everything wrapped into one. Like they come out and they're dominant, and then they do everything possible to blow that football game. Like they just can't get out of their own way. They don't play a four quarter game. I will say this too. After what and Ready Whip actually gave him credit, he pointed this out. After what happened last year in the Super Bowl, I feel like Kansas City would come into that game and be like, "Whatever it takes, like we're that can't happen again. Like whatever we have to do to win this football game is happening." Now it's easier to just say that and you got to actually do it. But how did you guys? Did you guys watching the Rams game? Not Patrick. I don't even got to see it because you were you were at Arrowhead. But did you come away thinking like were you more impressed by them or more like eh? Because like the way the game ended. I mean, how did how did you feel after that? Impressed. I was more impressed because I again, so. I was two, two Cam Akers fumbles, that one on the one yard line, a Cooper Cup fumbles. That's three ter- or three giveaways that I feel like you can't always count on. The resilience they showed on that last drive to get into in, into position, and Matt Gay was hurt. We found out post game that was why he was short on a what was it, 45, 47 yard field goal, and we're like, that's good. And then you're all of a sudden saying that didn't get there. Is this Morton Anderson when he was 42 years old and couldn't kick past 40? But the way Matt Stafford showed up in that moment, you know, never being in a playoffs before because he was with Detroit, that to me showed a lot of resilience, a lot of um, strength, and they impressed me. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Verderam. It was For me, it, that game was a microcosm of what the Rams have been all year. At times, brilliant and terrifying offensively and you know very stout defensively with Aaron Donald. And then at times, like, what is this team doing? Very up and down. Much like until this sort of playoff run, the Buffalo Bills were this season. They were really yeah. up and down. There's a reason why they were playing at Arrowhead and, and uh, not out in Buffalo, and it was because the – the Bills weren't particularly consistent. The Chiefs, with the exception of you know the early season, they were very consistent the rest of the way and into the playoffs. And you know, I had a stumble in Cincinnati. So um, yeah, I I think you could get a Jekyll, you could get to a Super Bowl against the Rams, and it could be a game where the Chiefs blow them out. You know, you see a kind of a repeat of last year's AFC Championship game against Buffalo, um, or it could be a game like last Sunday in Kansas City where offenses are just trading blows. So we'll, uh, we're going to give you our NFC Championship final score predictions in just a second before we get out of here. But first, we have two listener reviews that we need to get to. As you know, 
this is a podcast. If you head on over to Apple Podcasts, it's a great way to support the podcast and leave us a five-star review over there. If you leave a written review and you ask us a question, we will answer it on the podcast, especially once we get into the off-season. We're not doing quite as many live shows. That's a great time to get your questions in. And if, if you can't make it into the chats on YouTube, you know, because you can't be here for the live show, you can still participate in that way. So we appreciate your support over there. Verteram wants you to take us away. Sure. So uh, Carolyn Hall 99 says, favorite podcast. Thank you so much. I am that occasional girl that is diehard for football. I have deep roots to KC. I've been a Chiefs fan born and raised. My husband and I have been several games at Arrowhead this year. And by the time we get to the car, my husband gets so annoyed when he hears your voices pop up in the speakers because he knows that it means we're going to spend a two-hour drive home listening to you. Thank you for all that you do. Go Chiefs. So Carolyn, thank you. Your husband, listen, nobody's perfect. Um, but uh, I, I also wouldn't want to listen to me for two hours either. So I understand there's a pain <laughs> and frustration. Uh, but thank you. Yeah. Uh, we, we appreciate it. All right, Sterling. Uh, this is Terrific Entertainment by Brewer.com on January 19th. What a great podcast. I've worked in pro sports content development for many years, and this podcast sets a high bar. It's not just the insights. It's the entertainment value. I learn and laugh with every episode. Can't say enough good things about these guys. Brewer.com, thank you so much. That was extremely nice of you. We really, really appreciate that. All these nice things. Way better than calling me an off-brand Jim Rome. Thank you. Yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, and and some uh, there were a couple of you at – I don't know the name right off the top of my head, but there were a couple of you that tried to buy Sterling and I beers out at Casey Beer Co. One 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 gentleman left us a gift card. Another person called and wanted to buy our first round because you heard that we were going. That that's super kind. Um, you guys don't have to do those those kinds of things. You know, you can just send bottles of of bourbon. Um, okay, so. Um, <laughs> I have one more that you I want to read. greedy bastard. First off, where's our bourbon from Matt Connor? Because he seemed yeah. like he was serious about that bet, and I have yet to see anything in my mailbox. Yeah, we'll, well, when, we'll I go to Indy, when I go to Indy for the scouting combine, I'm going to meet up with him, and we are yeah. uh, we, we, will, we will make sure that bet. Uh, we will walk to the liquor store together and yeah. make sure that bet happens. <laughs> He's going to make you whole. Bourbon date. I- <laughs> <laughs> right. I have one more I wanted to read. This is actually, this was a note that we got on Twitter that I just wanted to share um, because I, I thought it was, uh, it was just great. And it was nice to hear a ver- This came in, I think uh, we were all tagged in it, but this was from Kelly at uh, Kelly by coffee on Twitter today, all day. I'm going to be thinking as a fan about football, nervous about the matchup between my chiefs and the bills, but I wanted to acknowledge as a domestic violence attorney, that the at Arrowhead Addict did a great job covering the Willie Gay domestic incident last pod. Thank you to at our Patrick Allen, at Matt Verderam, at Matt Connor AA, and at Homestretch KC. As always, for making my game day ritual of all Chiefs pods all day so awesome. Y'all do such a great job addressing the on-field and the off-field Chiefs stuff, and I appreciate you. Hey, listen, the last thing that we want to be doing on this podcast is talking about off-field stuff talking about potential domestic violence incidents or, or sexual assaults or anything serious or awful that could happen around in and around the team or the players or fans. And we try to do the best we can. We try not to go too far. We try to admit what we don't know yep. and, and be careful and not say anything that could hurt anybody. Um, so, you know, as a domestic violence attorney, that, that I know that meant a lot to me to hear that we handled that well, because it's even scary to talk about this stuff because you don't want to, you don't want to screw it up. So um, thank you to Kelly for that, that comment. Yeah. Definitely. Um, it is it is hard to kind of balance between trying to be informative and trying to be uh, intelligent with a take on something like that, because you don't really want to have so much of a take as you might want to kind of just put out what is the facts and then, you know, kind of just let it let it breathe and, and people can take what they need to take from those facts. And if they want to continue to look for more, they can. And if not, well, that's up to them. Um, I'm glad uh, for Kelly. I'm glad, you know, she got to just be a fan this weekend, right? Like a lot of people did. And I got to say, to kind of just bring it full circle, that that game against Buffalo, that was the first time, like usually when I watch these games, like obviously I'm, I'm into it. I'm, I'm rooting for the Chiefs and I'm, I'm passionate. I mean, if anybody's watched the live stream of the Chiefs Chargers game, they know that. But I always try to watch it through the lens of like, okay, I've got to write a column. How am I going to cover the game? Like I'm always thinking about it in that regard. By the time that Bills Chiefs game got to the final two minutes, I found myself just watching it as a football fan, like just engrossed in how unbelievable the game was. I think I even tweeted at one point during the two minutes, like, I don't know who's going to win this game. This game's unbelievable. Like something to that regard. It was, it was just unreal. I mean, I think, I think, you know, sometimes whatever you get lost in like what, what's next and what's happened. And, and maybe so there are some, you know, sometimes where there's off field stuff and maybe, 
that game was just like pure football into the veins. It was incredible. And it was so much fun. I will say, Pat, you were part of it. You were at the game. That crowd on Sunday night was just unbelievable. I mean, it was it was just roaring for three and a half hours. I mean, you could see you could hear it through the screen. It was it was great. I just hope that the AFC championship game is less stressful uh, and that Kansas City can take care of business a little earlier. But I expect it to be a really good football game, a really good football game. All right. Well said. Speaking of championship games, we will be back on Thursday with our preview for the Chiefs Bills. The in-depth preview will break it down. We'll let you know who we think is going to win. But before we do, let's talk NFC final score predictions for the Rams and the 49ers. Let's start with you, Vertoram. How's this one going to shake out? I've gone back and forth because San Francisco owns them. They beat them every time they play them, and I feel like it's going to sound like a home game for the Niners. I'm just really worried about how beat up they are. Like, if Trent Williams doesn't play, it's a huge deal. I don't know. Debo, it sounds like he's going to play, but is he healthy? I don't know. Garoppolo, he, he looked awful against the Packers. I think it's going to be a really good game because I think they're going to hang in there, but I'll say Rams 23-20. to 20. I, I just think in the end, the Niners are just really hurt. But I, I could see them winning. I could definitely see them winning the game. It would not be shocking. Sterling? Rams 27-22. I feel like San Fran's going to get to a really awkward, weird number that just feels very Shanahan-like. But the Rams are just too good offensively. I don't see how San Fran scores more than 24 points. And I think the way we saw the Rams offense roll against the Buccaneers, and like you mentioned, the, the banged up, the injuries on the 49ers, I just don't see how the 49ers have enough firepower to get past the Rams. I'm going to go with the 49ers, 16 to 13. We talked about the kind of Jekyll and Hyde season of the Rams and how up and down they can be. Kyle Shanahan finding a way that defense in San Francisco wreaking havoc. I mean, I just think, look, they could easily get blown out. I think the, I think the, I think the two likely, you know, outcomes here are the Rams blow out the 49ers or the 49ers win close in an ugly one. I think they've got their number and I think they're going to, I think they're going to force turnovers. I think they're going to rattle Stafford. Remember Stafford, this is unprecedented. He's in the NFC championship game. Finally success. And if the, if the Niners can make it a little ugly early and frustrate Matt Stafford and he starts forcing that ball a little bit, that's exactly what you want through the 49ers. I think it's really big. The 49ers need to survive like the first half. If they could keep it close for the first yep. half, then then the Rams are going to start pressing a little bit. Shit, I'm on Verderam side. He went one and three last I week. Know. I know. It's ter- I did go 6-0 on the wild card round, though, so I'm still batting <laughs> 70% here. But, yeah, last week was a travesty. Yeah, um, you got to st- you got to stick with with me. Um, no, I just think you know. Re- remember too this this is a this is a a team the 49ers who recently have have been to the Super Bowl. So still some guys over there have got that experience. They've been in this game. Now I know the Rams have been to the Super Bowl, but that was a little bit longer ago. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fascinating. We uh, will probably be recording while that is happening. I don't know. We don't have our schedule yet. We'll have to figure that out. But we're going to be back on Thursday. We'll let you know then. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday, same time, 5 o'clock, which means probably 5.04 Arrowhead time because we're always late. Um, <laughs> Not all of us. No, no, no. <laughs> here very early today. Yeah, yeah, it was me this time. It was me this time. Sometimes it's Vertoram. Sterling oh. is a professional. So Sterling is a professional. There, and all there's no such up. thing as Arrowhead out of time in radio. If you show up at 4.04 or 5.04, you've been dead air for four minutes. That's yeah, that's right. You get fired. You get fired if you show up at five oh four. All right. We appreciate you all. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Hit that thumbs up button on your way out. If you're not subscribed, make sure to subscribe. And if you're interested in joining and becoming a member or sustaining supporter of this podcast, check out the join button. Uh, you get to join us in the private Discord channel where we've been talking football like crazy all weekend. It's a lot of fun getting to interact with all of you. And uh, uh, two special announcements. One is that starting probably in the offseason, we're going to be launching, uh, if the Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl, we'll do one before the Super Bowl. We're going to be launching members-only happy hours. Uh, one hour, basically, an Arrowhead Act podcast um, that won't be recorded, where you will get to, our members will get to hang out with us 
and have a have a, have a, maybe a Casey beer or two and just talk a little bit of football in sort of this format. We think that'll be really fun. So if you're interested in any of that, make sure you check it out. And then the second announcement is we may have mentioned it before. I don't know, but Verderam and I are going to the Super Bowl. We are uh, credentialed and we will be there. So if the Chiefs make the Super Bowl, you're going to get you know maybe a couple pictures of us sitting there straining. Uh, trying not to cheer. Uh, so we're, we're crossing our fingers. That we Deep that emotional pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emotional damage. I've done it. I know. Yeah. Although, although Sick it, it, invites, guys. Sick invites. Huh? Hey. We, we, we got two credentials, Sterling. What do you want me to do? Yeah. Cut one in half, and then we'll, we'll share them. The NFL might starting. just come on in half just out of principle, which is right. fair. <laughs> tickets are starting at five grand. Just sell your Jeep. Oh, dude. No. <laughs> I got to tell you, this is the Uber, third, third, one third one I've gone to. I went the first one I went to was that Pat's Rams one, and I remember flying out like the day after the the, the Pat's beat the Chiefs in the AFC title game. And I was going to Mobile, and I was like, oh, I just I just sat on that plane, <laughs> like man, first Super Bowl. I thought it was going to be Chiefs and the Rams. Wasn't. Then go to the Chiefs Niners game, and you know the first Super Bowl. I'm there, like I don't have a rooting interest. So I'm like, all right, cool. Let's cover the game. We'll go down, talk to you know the Pats after the game. It's, it's fine. And then, like, second one the whole week is just, you know, like waiting and waiting and waiting for the game. And then it's just it's just an absolute panic fest internally for three hours. And I remember they win, and I get to the elevator, and when they had, you know, people uh, running the press, press box, NFL official was like, hey, what locker room would you like to go down to? What area? I was like, yeah, send me to the Chiefs one. Um, <laughs> you know, I've got this. It's, I mean, I, I'll never forget being down there after that game. And they actually had the areas of Miami, of course, and they set up, like, like tents in the parking lot that were like benched off. And that's where a lot of the players had to go to to talk. So the locker room gets so jammed up. And they had, I remember I was standing next to Chris Jones's podium and he was just, you know, screaming about how, you know, they're, they're a dynasty. They're going to be, they're going to win like all these Super Bowl. He was so jacked up. It was, uh, it was fun, man. So I'm looking forward to this one. Number three and maybe number two that I'll be at anyway for the Chiefs. Yeah. Going to be a good time and it's going to be. The Chiefs Super Bowl. I can feel it. All right, everybody. We will see you on Thursday for Sterling Holmes, for Matt Verderam, for Patrick Allen, and for the not present Matt Connor. Uh, thank you for your support. We will see you on Thursday. And as always, go Chiefs. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Get everything you need to keep your pets happy and healthy at Menards. Feed your canine companion the best with chicken soup for the soul. Their dog food is made with real quality ingredients. It provides well-balanced nutrition for supporting happy, healthy pets. Explore all our pet products in-store and on Menards.com. And check out more of our great deals going on now at Menards. Save.